sir. Hi. How are you, Vicky? I'm doing great. Let me introduce you to the people. This is going to be fun. This is very wild. Did they tell you what's going to happen today? Yeah, but like a week ago, and I get high a lot, so I've forgotten. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, it's fine. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell everybody what's going on. Okay. <clears throat> Hi. Welcome to Doing Great with Vicky Vox. I am Vicky Vox. On today's show, it is actually a pure pleasure and a privilege, and I'm so goddamn excited to get to talk to this human. They are an activist, an author, and they are one of the people behind the It Gets Better Project. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the one and only Dan Savage. Hi there. <laughs> oh, it's so good to meet you. This is so wild. It's nice where to where in too. the world are you? Uh, I'm in Seattle, Washington in my uh, little podcast. <laughs> yes. I mean, I do love Seattle. Seattle is lovely. Are you good? Are you doing great? Uh, I'm getting by. Uh, I shouldn't complain, but I do incessantly. I'm still <laughs> employed. I have a big enough house that I don't feel trapped. I've, you know, a couple people live there, so I have some company during all of this as we quarantine ourselves yes i mean i do love company yeah i just i just have my little dog that's it <laughs> i have uh, two adult human males and a human two human dog or two dogs that aren't human also oh, you're doing really great you <laughs> yes we love this okay well let me tell you what happens on this here show so well really one of the reasons we started this show is because everybody's going through some shit and sometimes you just need to take a second to look at your life and go, hold on. I'm actually doing great. <laughs> like <laughs> with all the shit that hits the fan constantly, I'm actually still here and I'm still going and I'm doing great, you know? Mm -hmm. And what I do is I read these here little playing cards, boop, boop, like tarot cards. So if you're down this can be kind of wild and we can have a look at what the cards say about your life. We can have a cute little conversation. Now I'm down to talk about just about anything. Like the people that listen, they know I'll talk about like aliens. If you want to talk about aliens, if you have ghost stories, I'm really here for all of this. The government conspiracy. Let's talk about it because this is <laughs> for real. It's, it's happening in all of our lives right now. I'm just saying everybody's going through stuff. There's some people doing things with meditation these days. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they're they actually just finding meditation, which is lovely. Yeah, Do you I'm meditate? A, I meditate with pot edibles. I can attest to this. If you, if you smoke a little pot and you sit down and you just let it go, mm -hmm. <laughs> you can experience the magic, I'm trying to tell you. And I only have one conspiracy theory, but it's a pretty good one if you want me to share it. Oh, my God. Yes, please. I'm going to shuffle these cards while we're talking. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I have no, uh, I put no stock in any other conspiracies except this one, just the amount of the, the number of films and number of books and TV shows that are about some dystopian future, that all of that is made on purpose to distract us from our dystopian present, that all of these dystopian, uh, you know, horrifying oh futures, God. all the hunger games is intentionally cranked out. So we don't think, wow. We have it pretty bad because all of this media exists to tell us, oh, it could be worse so that we don't fight against how bad it is right fucking now. Listen, I, I'm kind of gagged because I have never thought about it that way, honestly. Well, actually, my roommate, he's not here right now because he's working in Vegas on, uh, what's that show? Not Paradise Island. What's it called? Love Island. 
Anywho, the point is, so before he left, he was talking about how, and I, it didn't connect with me until you said this. He was like, we live in the capital. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because mm-hmm. I live right here in Hollywood. I was, so I didn't realize that I was inside the city gates. <laughs> <laughs> you do live in the capital. When you say it like that, I'm like, oh, actually, you really can apply it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to say, goddamn, 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 goddamn. It's my only because conspiracy the- theory, but it's mine alone. Uh, I invented it, but it's a, I think it's a good one and it explains a lot. It sure does explain a lot. I mean, well... We'll get to these cards in a second, because I actually was thinking about a similar situation where like, okay, so we all know history repeats, right? This is something we've all learned at some point. But did you actually think about it like every civilization rises and falls and eventually we're going to be the one that fell? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tony Blair, uh, the former prime minister of the United Kingdom, gave a speech to the uh, to Congress I think 20 years ago, where when he was prime minister, however long ago that was, where he said, empires fall. I'm here from a fallen empire to tell you, America, at the height of your empire, your soft right. empire, empires fall. And now here we are. So it's all Tony Blair's fault. <laughs> it sure is. Listen, I'm also of this mindset of like, because wherever I am on my journey, I feel Like, okay, because in my own life, shit has gone to hell so many times, and I'm real good at pulling it together afterwards. I cannot wait for the people to collectively pull their shit together. I feel like it's coming. In my heart of hearts, it has to be coming because... Because it's not much worse than right now. (laughs) I keep saying that. my, My husband and I have been saying that to each other for months. Like, it can't get worse. And then every day, like... You know, public life, the political news, the news news, the shit going down in Seattle, uh, some stuff with us like, you know, family stuff. Shit just keeps getting worse. And we're like every morning we think, oh, this is the bottom. And the next morning we're like, oh, no, no, this is the bottom. Right. It, oh, my God. I don't know when I talked about this, but there's there was a little meme going around where somebody had rewritten like another verse for uh, We Didn't Start the Fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Elton John song. Was it Elton John? I can't remember. But basically, so in the song, he just like lists off like world catastrophes and like, you know, things going down. And I'm over here cracking up because they did one for like July and then they did one for August. And it's like basically (laughs) what used to take decades to happen is happening like in weeks now. And it's just kind of wild (laughs) that there's no space to like recover from anything. It's just like, ah, shit. Ah, shit. Here we go. Okay. I think it's time to get into this because okay. the point of all of this <laughs> is to, well, when I read the cards, I like to focus on how we can take our power back because a lot of times in life, you know, your burden eventually does become your blessing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I used to not believe in it gets better because I really didn't see a way through it, to be honest. And then, you know, therapy is there, which is lovely. And I don't know that it ever got better, but I sure the fuck did. You know, it gets better really sometimes. It's, it's so passive, the phrase, but it didn't fit on a bumper sticker to say, eventually you do the work that makes it better for yourself and your community. And that's what we meant by it. It wasn't just sit still and the cavalry will come and rescue you from the shit. Like you got to <laughs> dig yourself out. This is actually, this is the truest thing that I think I have heard in a while. And to hear you say it, Sits right in my spirit. So thank you for that. Because I really, you really have to do the work. 
You do. And, and, you know, some people who were critical of the project just looked at the name of it and then criticized it for that reason. But if you watched any of the videos, it was all people sharing their strategies, the approach they took with their families, the moves they made, what they did, not what they happened to them if they sat still long enough. <laughs> right. And honestly, I don't even know if at that time when that was like really pushing that I could hear it. If that makes sense. Because sometimes you're not ready to hear it. It's still everybody else's problem. Right. You're not ready to do the work. (laughs) Right. Right. I can own that. (laughs) (laughs) Or you weren't. And now you have. So good for you. Right. I'm trying to do the work. But the shit about life is, you know, you do the work and you dig yourself out. And then you turn around a year later and you're under it again. Like life is always digging yourself out from under the bullshit. You know, oh, God damn it. I just, I got hot thinking about it. But, okay, so we're going to do great. We're going to get into these cards. Before, <laughs> I had to get the fan out because the air is off so we can record. But listen, before I do the cards, let's have you think if there's like um, a life moment that you could use some clarity on or you have a question that you would ask a tarot reader. A tarot reader who's you recording at, me and go to broadcast whatever it is I ask about. So it's a little different. Well, you don't have to say what it is, what it is. Oftentimes, I guess, you know, because we live in L.A., so there's things that are under non-disclosure agreements and shit that we can't talk about. (laughs) But you can know what it is. And so before I ask you to think about that and hold it in your heart, I'm actually going to say a one-sentence prayer, if that's okay. And it's just this simple. I request the most benevolent outcome. That's how I do. That's lovely. It works. I'm trying to tell you, it really works because... When I'm in the thick of it, and I tell people all the time, I even use it for parking spots. (laughs) I'm just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And it doesn't always look like how you think a parking spot is going to look, which is the lesson of life. That's what's genius about that. It it works for everything. Parking spots, grinder hookups. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Dinner reservations, if we can ever make those again. If, If. Well, there's some places where that's all you can do is make a reservation. I personally have not been to a restaurant. Have you been to a restaurant? Not since March. You're doing great because <laughs> I have thought about it. I do like snacks a lot. Me too. We were, I like to go out to eat and I have not been in a restaurant for six months or on an airplane. And I used to not go a week without flying somewhere. So, right. Well, that's wild. So, okay. Now's the time. Hold your intention in your heart, and I'm going to shuffle the deck a couple one time. Just okay. a couple one time. And then I'm going to have you cut it. This is very, very interesting to me today. It's wild and exciting. I have a little bit of fun doing these, <laughs> but sometimes it brings up some deep shit. So don't be surprised <laughs> because what I read is really vague. But when it's about you, you will know it. And so if it doesn't make sense to you, tell me, be like, no, that's that's really off. Because I'm not going to get offended. It's just a card. Like, <laughs> that's totally fine. And then I can talk through it or maybe change my perspective on what is going on. Okay. Now, just go ahead and tell me when to stop. I'm, I'm going to ruffle the deck, whatever you call it. Stop. Oh, okay. All right. We don't like to take risks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's true. You, you're so far 100% accurate. <laughs> I'm pretty risk averse. Okay, have you had a tarot reading before? No, never. <gasps> really? Okay, well, this is, you know, one of the reasons I use these cards, I tell people all the time, is because the tarot deck 
has like really severe imagery. And a lot of times that will change your energy in the space. It's like, hold on, uh-uh, I don't want that death card or like the hangman card. It's like, no, 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 no. So these are just numbers. So let's get into this and they'll tell a story. It's going to be wild. I've never done this before. I'm a Catholic and this, <laughs> this occult stuff kind of freaks me out. Oh, no. Um, well, I don't consider myself like a psychic or anything like this. I'm just looking at cards and I find it fascinating some of the things that they bring up. All right. Just just so you know that like the magic cadaver up there on the cross probably disapproves of what I'm doing right now. <laughs> oh, I was raised Catholic too. Just the other day, I was I was over here on my on my patio outside, and I was actually saying the Lord's prayer. I was saying the Our Father, and all of a sudden, the word trespass really like stuck out to me because. As a kid, I thought it was like, just get off of people's lawns, like the people that step on your lawn. It never like actually sunk in, like people that actually invade your like sovereignty. (laughs) Transgress against you is kind of what it means. Yeah. Well, I didn't make the connection until now I'm 36 years old, sitting out on my little rooftop, like, oh shit. (laughs) I was actually saying some real stuff back then. Okay. The cards, the card, the first position is basically the energy that you brought to the table today. It's your driving force at the moment. It is upside down. So this is a seeking kind of a situation. You're looking for some shit. Over here, well, let me show you. It's the seven of diamonds. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what this means. The seven is a mystery. Hold on, I'll explain that. And the diamonds is practicalities and material world. So what this says is that there's kind of You are looking and searching for what might not be there at the moment. Now, when it comes to your day-to-day life, this is home life and work life. I also look at the seven like the fog is lifting. I've said it before where it's you're like walking down a hiking trail and you could take either path and you won't know what's down either path until you go down it. Mm -hmm. You can look at it like questions. You can look at it like an adventure. I also explain it like if you're driving a car in the fog, you can only ever see so far in front of you and you don't necessarily know what the next step is until you get towards it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Are you on this searching, changing it up kind of a day to day stuff? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a big <laughs> there's a there's a virtue that that's very rarely discussed that I embrace um, called constancy, which is you find your groove and you don't like, you don't change much. Um, It's creates conflict a bit in my relationship because my husband is somebody who's an entirely different human being every three or four years. Mm. And I haven't changed since high school, including I wear some of the same (laughs) t-shirts. This is fascinating. Um, so I guess if I, if I seek anything, it's comfort and familiarity. Uh, you know, we okay. live in a house full of my great-grandparents' furniture um, and grandparents' uh, pictures and stuff. And it's not like fancy-ass antiques. It's kind of like busted poor people stuff from 1890. And I like it. As I say to my husband of 25 years, when he complains about how old the furniture is, I look at him and say, well, I like having old, worn, familiar things around me, honey. Hey, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> like you. So 
<laughs> or read, but that's okay. <laughs> so if I'm well, like, if I'm seeking anything, it's usually something comforting and familiar. Like I, I said, I'm kind of risk averse. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Now we have the next one. It says, "See, I don't mind being wrong <laughs> because it brings it up." So I'm I'm here to talk about it. The, it says that your immediate challenge is this here ten of hearts. This is completion when it comes to emotions and relationships and feelings. You can also look at that as like a decision to stop telling the story of how things used to be and to start writing the new book. Does this make sense? Yes, it makes a, a great deal of sense. Hey, okay. <laughs> this is what I like. All right. Now, in order to figure out where we're going, sometimes it's best to know where we've been. So the next two cards are about your past, okay? Okay. And I look at them (laughs) like uh, just confirmation that this whole conversation is happening because it's quite interesting to find out that a card on a table might have something to know about our lives in the past. So for you, sir, you have over here, she's upside down. So this would be that you stepped out into this opportunity, and it's the four of spa days. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is stability when it comes to thinking and communication. And this would have been around three to four years ago. Mm-hmm. You kind of went in the direction, like you took it upon yourself to answer the call and get into some stability when it came to communicating. Okay. Does this connect with you? Um, it seems so vague. I'm not sure what it refers I know. to. I'm trying to think four years ago, I I hooked into something that would be about stability. Yeah. Like it would have been stability is also like the structure, the foundation, the like what you lean on, like the act, like the basics of stuff so that you can act a fool, but also moving forward. Uh, If I was going to, I think that would apply, but that would apply not just four years ago, but five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, because I like (laughs) things to stay the same. And I like (laughs) constancy and familiarity. Well, I mean, that works for me. (laughs) I'm, you know, sometimes I thank God I'm a fag because my nature is so kind of conservative and that almost reactionary and that I want things to be the same. Mm. Um, and the, I sometimes feel like the cocksucking liberated me from uh, being <laughs> conservative in my politics in the same way that I'm conservative in my personal life. Right. That's fascinating. I'm actually really curious. I would really like to get to these cards, but how are you even coping as somebody who likes things to stay the same? Every day is changing. Like, what are you actually doing to, like, maintain your sanity? Uh, I'm doing the same job. I, I get up, right. I, I go to work. Rituals around the house really help. Like I do the yard work and there's a routine there. Um, mm. That's very comforting. Um, yeah, I just try to, it's the small stuff that, that, that can maintain your routine when the world has gone bananas. I like to travel. I like to go out to eat. Uh, I like to experience new things, but I like to have that home base to come home back to and maintaining that home base is what I've been doing to stay sane at this moment. I mean, that makes sense to me. I'm just a person that is so like, 
I can just float in the wind and whatever comes, I'm fine. So I cannot imagine. I mean, is it like OCD or is it just we like things the way we like things? What's your sign? Do you Um, know your sign? I'm tempted to be an asshole right now because usually when somebody asks me my sign, I lie and give them one I'm not. And then they list off all the ways in which, of course, I'm a Leo. And then when oh I my God, say, do it. And then I say I lie and I'm a Sagittarius. And then they're like, oh, Sagittarius is so close to Leo. It's such a Sagittarius thing to lie like that. And they say, well, actually, I'm a Virgo. And they, then they Google me to see what my actual birthday is because I'm obviously going to keep fucking with them. But I'll be truthful with you out of the gate. I am a Libra. Uh, ha, ha, ha. I mean, either way, it's fine. I just, I just find it interesting and see like people because in my life, I base like what a person would be off of what I've experienced, which is slightly prejudiced. And, you know, most Libras to me are very lovely. I get along. I, I, I can really get along with everyone except really like Aries are either hit or miss with me. I'll, I'll take it. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> if you think that slots me into into the good category, I'll take it. No, I mean there really isn't a bad category. I was just really interested because I'm j- I'm really just trying to figure you out. Why I, I hear all the time people complaining about Scorpios. Oh, well, I'm my- <laughs> I don't understand what the complaint is, except the Scorpio is a scorpion, and maybe they got sort of dinged by association because a scorpion is a poisonous little bug. Well, just Scorpios are very dark. And it's it's kind of like their passion runs so deep that it can be vicious. To get on the bad side of a Scorpio, that tail is up for a reason. They're they're, they're pleasant until they're not. <laughs> That's what I have found. Also, I'm a Scorpio. One of my, I think it's my moon. Damn it, I don't remember. I'm doing great. <laughs> you are. You are. Uh, okay, let's get back to you in these cards. Here we go. In your recent past, um, sorry, Clementine has texted me because she's saying also Libras love balance, which makes sense. I just assumed that everybody knew what a Libra looked like in my head. And my other Libra trade, the cliche Libra trade is I can never make up my mind. Yes, that is very Libra. I paralyzed. But then I look at the like cliche traits of the other signs and I have some of those too. So I just don't think it's dispositive. I'm too much of a rationalist for star signs. And is it about the moment you're conceived, the moment you're born, like the pull of the planets, the can of soup in the room with you has a greater (laughs) gravitational pull on you than some distant fucking planet? I I just don't get it. I mean, I'm very that as well. And I just find it fascinating. I kind of feel like it's like a sieve and you might get more of one side than another. And who really knows until you know. And so I just find it entertaining and I find it fascinating. But I will say, as a Libra, do you not text people back? Do I not text? No, I, I text people back usually pretty quickly. Okay. Because I know quite a few Libras. I'm not going to say any names, but they don't like to text people back. <laughs> yeah. The, the person in my life who doesn't text back promptly is a Pisces. So um, we could get into that, but that's a whole nother moment. Okay. Your recent past. Let me focus. God damn it. I, I'm sorry. I just really want to get to know you because I can't believe I have Dan Savage sitting in a Zoom meeting in the middle of a global pandemic. This is fucking wild to me. Okay. <laughs> this is wild because you're a history maker and that's how I feel about it. Okay. So recent past. We have to acknowledge everything that's going on. And we have, you know, the pandemic. We have the resurgence of bringing to people's awareness the fight for equality and equity in the world. We can't even just say in the United States anymore. This is the global happening. So with that said, 
this tends to be more personal. So within the last six months to like even up to last week, this this is interesting. So it's right side up, which just means it's in your awareness now. You have the seven of spa days over here, uh-huh. the seven of spades. So this is basically a mystery when it comes to thinking and communication. But when I see this, I just feel like this is the asking the questions and then you get an answer. Like when it comes to like self-processing, introspection, you get an answer, but the answer necessar- isn't necessarily an answer. It's more questions. Okay. Would you say that this has been happening recently? That I have more questions than answers? or the Absolutely. Answers <laughs> to my questions are just more questions? Yes. Yes, but isn't that just life itself? Because there is no final answer until you're dead? I mean, The final yes, answer but- is always death. I'm Catholic. You know, <laughs> that's, what, that's what you get, dead in the end. But until then, like, everything's a why in the road. Every, the, nothing is final until you're dead. And then if you're a believing Catholic, not even that's final. I mean, this is what that was my next thing, because as soon as you said I'm Catholic, I believe in death. I specifically remember a song that we sang every Sunday, a new life, a new life. That's what we have been given by the Lord. Like and so to me, death just leads to everlasting life in my head. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so the question that this brings up is it would just be, is that more of a focus at the moment than it has been before? That, That there are more questions in my life? Then yeah. answers, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. I was just thinking. For most people, I don't know that they have really been asking questions of like any kind of introspective variety in the past. It was kind of just like this is the way things are, mm-hmm. and I just have to deal with it instead of asking. But like, why is it this way? Mm-hmm. And like, why do I feel that way? And then figuring out how to communicate that. <laughs> yeah. But for you, it sounds like you do the work, sir. So I'm going to say good job. (laughs) You're doing great, damn it. Okay, good, good. I I don't want to fail at this. Oh, you can't fail. (laughs) Who was I talking to? Oh, shit. Dave Holmes. And he said, um, I asked him if he had done ayahuasca before, and he said yes. And he said, but I did it wrong. I said, I don't know that you could do it wrong. (laughs) It kind of (laughs) happens. It's just one of those. This is life. I don't know that you could really do it wrong, but it just kind of happens sometimes. Okay. This next card, it is what brings you through the past and into the present, which I kind of love this for you. You have an opportunity here because it's upside down. That's what that means. And it's the ace of uh, spa days. This is great. This is a new beginning when it comes to thoughts and communication. So this is like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. So if the, <laughs> I'm cracking up because I just remembered that we don't like change. <laughs> Terrified of change. <laughs> but this is not, it might not necessarily be change. It could just also be clarity. Mm-hmm. That it's more of just like, we're going to do it this way now. Yeah, we're facing a lot of that right now. You know, Terry and I are at this uh, stage of our relationship where we've been together for a quarter of a century. And, Mm. you know, there's this kind of honesty you've got with someone you've been with that long where you have these conversations about, okay, what are we doing for the next 25 years? What are we doing for the next five years? Um, Yeah. You know, we're gay guys and uh, queers and just relationships are always opt in and active um, and we've had to sort of opt back in. Hey, I love that. I love the idea of that opting back in. 
Because sometimes you check out and you didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, like a, I think a relationship is a sort of negotiation uh, uh, around needs, around um, you know emotional compatibility, around goals. Uh, and when you're been together as long as we've been together, you kind of enter you know, and not for the first time, a renegotiation of the terms and assumptions around the relationship. Uh, and Terry and I have been deep in that process for the last year. Hey, this is um, more work than I was ready to do today because I could tell you I have not been in a long-term relationship like that. So I, yeah, I'm trying. This, I'm not, I don't want to valorize long-term relationships. Like, oh no, I didn't see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was just over here thinking like this is not in my uh, depth of wisdom. Like I just I couldn't tell you what to do. I'm the guy with the relationship podcast who's always going on about the validity uh, and delight and, and perfection of the short-term relationship, STRs. We talk about LTRs all the time, and mm. we should talk about STRs because most relationships are short-term. Most, you know, most relationships are something both people in it get out of alive. Uh, <laughs> and so you want to be good at having short-term relationships. You want your short-term relationships to be healthy, and you want to be a good and decent person. You want to leave people in better shape than you found them. That part. Because, you know, most of the people that you date or get together with romantically are going to be your exes one day. You're going to have more exes than life partners. And so if you want a majority of the people you've been with to feel good about having been with you, you want to be good to everyone you're with so that all of your exes like you and, and, and look back on the time they spent with you and are grateful for it instead of furious about it. So I'm not one of those people who says a relationship has no value or merit if it's not open for the long term, if it doesn't go long term. Um, people sometimes are together for a night and it's a perfect relationship. Hey, I'm that bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. While you were speaking, my jaw hit the floor because, you know, I thought. I was just over here analyzing my own life. And I thought that like I was one of those people that wanted to leave people and situations better than I found it. And when you were talking, <laughs> I realized that um, there's quite a bit of shit that I did not leave better than I found it. Well, I, I certainly haven't been perfect either. It's striving on the margins to leave more people and situations better than you found them. Um, but right. there's no perfection and you're going to fuck up and some people are going to be mad at you. Uh, and there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. But I didn't have to burn all them houses down like that. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I am very much um, an emotional human being. I'm a cancer. You didn't ask, but I'm telling you, and we, we get very hot, but it, it seems to come out of nowhere. What I have found in my own life I think I'm giving subtle clues because we're very passive aggressive. And what happens is people don't pick up on my little ass passive aggressive cues. So then by the time I have had enough, I will burn the whole house down <laughs> with us inside. You thought you <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm trying not to be that person because I actually don't want to do that. And it's actually nobody else's problem. Like what I have learned is that when I get that upset, it's rarely about the other person. Mm -hmm. It's usually my own shit that's been triggered that I need to go get it together. If you're being passive aggressive and hoping the other person is going to read your mind or pick up those subtle cues when they don't and you're mad, that's your fault. 
because you weren't. I just said that. You didn't have to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm restating your. Uh, your <laughs> oh, that just snuck me. <laughs> Correct. Correct. It was my fault. But, you know, <laughs> full disclosure, I've been going through old boxes of letters and uh, papers I've saved for my entire life. And I found an incredibly angry letter written to me by a boyfriend I broke up with or who broke up with me, I think, in college that he hand delivered to my house in Chicago where we weren't going to college. He like drove oh. to Chicago to stuff it in my front door. So uh, I haven't left everyone in better shape than I found them. <laughs> and if you're listening, Tony, I'm sorry. Hey, that's that's big. Sometimes it takes a lot. Just to say, I'm sorry. Clementine, how are we doing on time? Because I feel like we're supposed to take a break at some point. Why don't we just do it now? Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Okay, so I was actually just thinking um, in that little break. Welcome back, everybody. Um, that what's wild is that change is becoming even more of a constant. Like change used to come. I mean, this is what we kind of started talking about, but like change used to come in spurts. Like you would have a growth spurt or you would have like, you know, level up in life real quick. But now I feel like it's every day is change. So like, here's my thing that I'm just going to pose for you as somebody that likes things. <laughs> to stay the same. The same. <laughs> we gonna have to find a way to embrace this change. <laughs> we gonna have to find a way to embrace this because I don't know if we're going to get out of this without some new level of change. Oh, I, I don't want social factors to stay the same. I want radical oh, social change. Right, right. I embrace social justice. Um, I want uh, equity and equality. Uh, I want police reform. Like, I'm a progressive. Yes. I want progress. Um, right. When I talk about the things that I want to see stay the same, it's usually I'm usually not referring to politics. This is why I'm glad I'm in fact, because I really think that yes. I hadn't had to think deeply about the injustices that were inflicted on my kind – I wouldn't have experienced empathy for people who were not like me, who were being treated unjustly themselves, right? Right. And that made me a political progressive. When I talk about things staying the same, I kind of mean like staying in the same place, staying in the same job, staying with the same partner, not like uh, redoing your wardrobe every 10 minutes, keeping the same like furniture, like these little incidents of life. I kind of think objects have souls or the souls that we endow them with. And there's something comforting because the world, you know, there's that cliche. The only, the only constant is change. Change is the huh. only thing that is always with us. And that's terrifying to, to think about, especially when you think about how short our lives are and how fragile they are, that I want to surround myself with the things that I can control uh, that can okay. stay the same, that can be familiar and comforting. Uh, and the little rituals that – are the same over the course of your life year after year. Like my, and it's so silly to talk about. I I don't mean like if, you know, I was alive in 1776, I wouldn't have supported the split from England and I wanted to stay a colony (laughs) or whatever. Yes. Um, I would have supported the split. I would have, you know, I hope, uh, anyway, been better than some of the founding fathers were about the shit they left out or the injustice that they inflicted. But like what I mean, like the things that stay the same, I mean, like, my mom made these cookies every year at Christmas and they were always there. And then my mom dies. Now I make those cookies at Christmas. So they are always there. And I send them to my siblings so that they're there for them too. And it's those little things that you can, that become anchors that keep you sane and grounded, that stay the same as the whole world 
radically changes around them. And I need those things in a very fundamental way. I can't go back to the house I grew up in. I can't go back to the family that, you know, I was a, a child in. But I have these shards. I have these pieces that remind me of who that family was, that make me feel centered. Uh, and Terry and I have created those in our own lives as a family. Um, and we, we've brought them forward with us from our families of origin. I I have to apologize because that is not how I was receiving that. <laughs> so hearing you explain it like that makes so much more sense to me because I actually can relate to just trying to keep any sense of normalcy. Yeah, I'm talking when, about personal uh, constancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know what I was thinking. Emotional constancy, not political constancy. There's so much politically that's fucked up. There's so much change that I want and I want to see happen. But I want the cookies. <laughs> you know, I do like cookies. I've, I've discovered I do like cookies. I didn't think I was a sweets person. I didn't get this big eating sweets. But I really do like a good cookie. Soft or crunchy? Oh, see, here's my problem is I need like the edges to be crisp and I need like a soft middle. You know, like I want I want like the thin little I want like the crunch on the outside. And when I get into the middle, I want that chocolate. To go, I like it's good. <laughs> I, I want to make a rimming joke right now, but I'll leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, so speaking about change, the next card is actually about change. It's the five of spades. Over here, it's the five of spades. and I'm all spades. Every card you turn over, except for that ten of hearts, has been a spade or a diamond, but most this, spades. I mean, but it, that kind of suits you because it is about communication and it is about expression. So... It's kind of what your life is about, so I'm very here for it. Um, but it's the five of spa days in the position of basically what's coming down the line next for you. And the five, actually, the, the word for it that I have written down is disturbance. And so when it comes to thinking and communication, I would just, I would change the word disturbance and say transformation. I would say that there's going to be, or just actually just receive the fact that the way that you think and communicate and express is going to transform. It's going to evolve. The way I think and express or the way I live my life or what I'm doing. I wouldn't necessarily say what you're doing. So, cause it's a spade. If it was a club, I would say what you're doing. Cause that's physical shit. This is more um, like how you communicate, what you're communicating, why you're communicating it. I would say that either you can also look at it like a shift back to like zero, like getting back to why you do it in the first place. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but it will be revealed to me because there's going to be a shift and I don't know what's going to happen. Right. This is something coming. Yeah. So, well, it's what's down. I look at it like the law of attraction. You've kind of set this up. Like it's kind of like if you have been asking for change or if you're driving down the road, you know you're driving down the road and then you kind of lean to the right a little bit and you get the g-g-g-g-g-g feeling <laughs> and you zoom back into the line. That's kind of what it is. So you, you're living your life, you're, you're doing it great, and then you've asked for like, okay, we got to step it up a level. But how are we going to step it up a level? This is kind of like that realization point. You live of, in Los oh, Angeles. You use a lot of driving metaphors. I do. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't even know how to drive. I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't? <sighs> No. I wish I didn't drive. Yeah, I've then I wouldn't, to drive. I wouldn't have gone head on with that damn dump truck. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
It's fine. It was my own fault. That's when I lived in Jersey. That's what I get. Okay. Let's move on to the factors that affect the situation and see what they have to say, because this is just very wild. So you have, these are actually not spades. These are diamonds. So the factors within your control that might affect your situation are the 10 of diamonds. Let me tell you about this. The diamonds are practicalities in material world. So this is your day-to-day life. This is home life, work life situations. The 10 is completion. The 10 is seeing things come full circle and realizing how you got there. And then using that information to move forward. Okay. You can also look at it like um, harvesting the crop kind of a situation when it comes to the diamonds. Uh But like you've done it all and you go, okay, I'm just going to take that. And you can also plant the seed while you reap what you sow. Okay. I can see that. That's relevant to my life. (laughs) I do. I I can. I like when it hits. I really do. This is what, this is the fun part. Now the out, the external factors, this is not within your control. This is actually the king of diamonds. I just like you to see it. So the king of diamonds, again, we're talking about practicalities, material world, day-to-day life and things. The king is self-made, business owner, encouraging, enjoys the fruits of labor, and jolly. Now, this is what's coming at you. So you can just receive this. Oh, good. (laughs) You can just receive this, especially when you... Okay, so if you have the 10 before the king over here, basically, take Take what what you you learned. learned. Oh, this all has to do with leveling up. I love this. Take what you learned. And step into and receive the opportunity to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Okay. That's, I think that's a blessing. That's great to have right there. How do you feel about that? I'm, so long as I don't have to do anything myself, it's just going to come to me like that. Um, I'm down. Well, the only thing you'd have to do really is the decision point. Because that 10 usually means a decision. A, de- a decision. <laughs> That's it. And I'm a Libra, so decisions are actually very hard for me. Ah, shit. (laughs) That's okay. I've learned, you know, take your time. (laughs) Take your time. And, you know, when when the time is right, go with what feels right. That's how I go. Although I've also made some terrible decisions in life, so don't take my advice. (laughs) Don't take my advice at all. Okay. The next card is actually one of my favorite cards for in the reading because I find that it's usually the reason for the readings. And it's the card of the hope and the fear. And I find that hope and fear are about the same thing, just vary in degree of perspective and experience. Okay. And I use money as an example, where we all hope that we have enough money. We've all been hopeful that we can save some money. We hope the money comes on time. We hope we can pay our bills. Then you have on the other side of that, the fear of the same thing is that we, the money never comes, we can't pay our bills, and that we can't save anything. So it's about the same thing. It's just the degree of perspective and experience varies. So for you, she's right side up, so it is what it is. You have the 10 of spa days. <laughs> How many tens of spades are there in that deck? No. <laughs> There's only one. You're just getting all the spades is what it is. But you, this is the third 10 over here. This is. So you, we have some decisions to make, I'll say. But. Yeah. For you. <laughs> you said, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the hope is 
since it's a 10 of spades, the hope is that you make the decision to start writing a new, a new book when it comes to your communication and your thought processes and all of this. This is, we're not going to do what I've done before in this way. This is, I see the patterns of the way we used to do it, knowing that, write the new story. And it's that decision point. Now, since it's the hope, the hope is that you will do this. But then that's also what the fear is, that you will do this. Yeah, that's right on the nose. <laughs> that's so wild. <laughs> that is interesting to me. Because I find often the thing that we are so hopeful for does tend to skew into what we're afraid of. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to make me cry. But yes, absolutely. Uh. Well, I don't mean to do that. I did warn you, though. But I mean, even for myself, like, so, okay, I was telling people that I've recently had a kidney issues, right? Just a kidney issues. I know what I said. Leave me alone. And <laughs> I, I had to fix how I was thinking about it because I was so worried that, like, this was going to go wrong. I was worried about this. Instead of realizing the reason I'm worried is because I give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I give a fuck about my health. I give a fuck about my well-being. That's why I'm worried about a particular issue when the overall issue is my actual well-being. So what I was scared about comes out of what I care about. Right. And you were worried and it took that perspective for you to see that the worry was itself a positive, even though you're experiencing it as a negative emotion. It meant that you wanted yes. to be well. And so you could see it from a different perspective. Exactly. And once I decided that I actually wanted to be well, I was like, let me get my ass to the doctor. Why am I over here thinking that it's going to just be bad and I have to deal with it? I can actually go do something about this. This comes back to me deciding to do the work, but right. <laughs> it's totally fine. Okay. So the last card in this little reading, because I'm going to have you pick three for me. How about okay. And the last card over here, I call it the final destination card. It's basically like a probability, a possibility, a potential out there in the world that you can just receive. Because I did look already on the back. It is right upside down. Not right upside down. Oh, Jesus. It is right side up. (laughs) I'm doing great. And (laughs) you have the Ace of Diamonds. I'm about to tell you. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'll sit quietly and stop interrupting so you can fucking tell me. No, no, it's great because it means that you give a damn. So the Ace of Diamonds is a fresh start, a new beginning when it comes to practicalities, material world. That's work life and home life. So just receive the fresh start. Okay. I wouldn't even say you have to go after it. I would say just, you know, make those decisions <laughs> and then just receive the blessing. <laughs> Okay. How do you feel about that? Um, I hope I have the courage. Mm. Well, you know, I, this is that's actually a very interesting sentiment because I think about this all the time. When I used to get, I say used to because we ain't going on stage right now. But there's a moment when you just got to flip a switch, and it goes from like, "Do I have the courage to?" Well, I did that, and I don't know what that is, but it it happens. And there's like a breath, like you just, okay. And we should be good at that because no one is uh, out queer without having flipped a switch, without having, you know, that first flip may have been accepting yourself and not saying anything to anybody. But there was that moment you had to tell someone 
Yeah. And that's terrifying. And we do it. And I often think that's why a lot of queer people live more self-actualized lives because we have to do that. We have to do that so young that what for others feels like a terrifying moment of truth in their lives to us is always going to seem small in comparison just to like walking in there when you're 15 and telling your parents. That is a incredibly valid perspective. I have never thought about it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm laughing because just the person I am, I just never really came out. Mm-hmm. But I have had to um, like, oh, yes, <laughs> to the questions. <laughs> right, right, right. The, yeah. And, you know, what? are you? Yes. <laughs> that whole situation. There is something about that, like, and then after a while, you kind of just go, you know what? Let me just preempt this. Let me tell you all my business because uh-huh. <laughs> I don't need that conversation. So there is a switch that gets flipped in myself regardless. And it's wild. And I don't have time for other people's bullshit. Like if you're not going to be truthful and authentic, I really don't have time because it has been so much work over here. So much work. I, you know, not even just myself, like our community, so much work, which is why I have a hard time when people in the community do not have the same empathy for and compassion for others in the community. Mm-hmm. I completely it kind of drives me nuts. Like y'all think you're fighting separate battles and it's not separate. I mean, it's a separate experience, but it is not a separate battle. No, I just, you know, it just weighs on my heart. Like <laughs> the trans community mm-hmm. does not get the same. I don't even know how to ex- say what I'm saying. Does not get the same reverence as some of the others in the community. It's true. And they fight probably harder than some of the others in the community because of that. Right. I'm just putting that out there. They attract more violence, negative attention, anger, because it's because, you know, for many, it's harder to hide that part and harder to situationally pass. I I walk into a truck stop in Idaho when I'm on a road trip and (laughs) I don't sissy that walk. (laughs) <laughs> so, so I decency that walk I, I have always um, been somewhere on the spectrum because <laughs> once upon a time my roommate actually the roommate I have now we lived in Nebraska together and we were traveling across the country yes we lived in a cornfield in the middle of the Grand Island Nebraska that's a whole other story but so we were driving across the country for a gig I think and we went into <laughs> a truck stop to pee And we were both swishing our way into the men's restroom. Well, this security guard decided to run after us yelling, ma'am, ma'am, (laughs) ma'am. Wrong restroom, ma'am. And I will never forget it. We were like, uh, what? (laughs) I don't care where I pee. That was like over a decade ago. (laughs) I will never forget it. We confused the hell out of those people. Okay. Huh. So I like to have the guest choose three cards. I've been shuffling them as we were talking. And it's basically going to be, you're going to draw my past, my present, and my future. And we'll see how it applies. So if you want to tell me to like go down a number or up a couple, I'll pick the card. Oh, shit. I just hit my mic. Or I'll pick the card. So what do I do? How do I? You can tell me to go like down six or up four. Mm -hmm. Um, go up 10. Okay. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. And down ten. Dang. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is the highest of my capabilities. And that leaves thirty-two cards, right? Yes. And what's half of thirty-two? Sixteen. Go sixteen. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Can you 14, tell I like 15. order and symmetry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very here again, Libra. I'm very here for it. Okay. <laughs> so in my past, you actually chose it's right side up, so it is what it is. In my past, you chose the two of spa days. This is balance when it comes to thinking and communication. And I can say that there was a time in my life, maybe, hell, like five full years ago, maybe more, where I realized that I was way out of balance with what was going on in my inner world and what I was communicating. And I really had to get that shit together. So the focus was definitely on balance. Okay. Now, and I will say that therapy helped. <laughs> therapy helped a lot. It often does. <laughs> I, you know, I highly recommend somebody get somebody. If, if you have a problem, find somebody that doesn't know your business and then go talk to them. And they can't get in your business. They're just paid to sit there and listen. You will talk yourself into the solution. I promise you. Yeah. Okay. Now, my present card, this is kind of interesting. You, asked, you, you drew, you asked me to draw the eight of hearts. This, the eight is movement and the heart is Emotions, feelings, relationships. I can say, if I look at this on a personal perspective, that I have actually like unleashed or like unblocked a lot of what was holding me back emotionally. Like this time of the pandemic has really sat me down to go, okay, but like, how do I really feel? Why do I really feel this way about this stuff with myself and going, you know, it's time you start treating yourself and loving on yourself the way you expect others to love on you. And that has been a huge fucking shift for me Mm -hmm. because I treated myself like shit because I thought that that's how everybody else is treating me. Like somebody else supposed to treat me better than that. And if you can't even treat yourself decently, you're going to attract people who aren't going to treat you decently either they're going to be other people will take their cues from you about how you should be treated. Ultimately, what you allow will continue. Absolutely. And I didn't know or I was not aware of what I was allowing because of what I was doing. I didn't I thought like it was you had to give verbal permission. No, no. You give like physical permission in like a social contract kind of a way when you treat yourself a certain way. And this I did not understand this until this my 36th year on this earth. <laughs> Can we bring the conversation back around to me for a second? <laughs> I just want to know what it means that all the cards you drew about me, not one was a heart. Do I have a heart? Yeah, no, the, the, absolutely. The first one, the, okay, so the second card was a heart. It was the 10 of hearts. Okay, so I did get a You got a heart. <laughs> you have a heart. You absolutely have a, if, if you didn't have a heart, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be sitting in this conversation with me. I could tell you that. Oh, sorry. Um. It's actually, it's an opportunity if I would like to go after it. And it is the king of clubs. Let me tell you what this says. This is creative, forceful, entrepreneurial, charisma, hot-tempered. <laughs> I am a little hot-tempered, so I am I can fully embrace that. But I'm excited to get back into creativity. I feel like 
Miss Pandemic has sat my ass down to go, really, what do you want to do? And like, why do you want to do it? Not actually go after it. Because I've been pussyfooting for a few years. (laughs) Well, I hope you go after it. You know, we're doing great. Okay. I think this is a great place to go ahead and tell the folks if they would like to find more information about all that you have going on in the world, where they can find it. Uh, the, the best place to go is savagelovecast.com where you'll find my podcast. There's a link there to my, the sex and relationship advice column I've been writing for 30 years every week. Um, and, and my podcast, which, uh, which I, I do every week. And there's a free 45-minute um, version and a subscription 90-minute version of the podcast. And it's fun. It beats digging ditches. Uh, it's a crazy <laughs> yes. job to have to, to be a sex advice columnist. Uh, hey, listen, I do. Sex is a good thing. It, it is a good thing, but it used to be more sex advice because, uh, you know, people would write in and say, I want to try fisting or what's a butt plug. Cause they'd overheard someone say butt plug. They didn't know what that was. And now fisting has a Wikipedia page that explains everything. And you don't need me to explain it to you in a newspaper column. Uh, so every question I get is situational ethics. Every question I get is uh, variations on I, am I the asshole or is the other person the asshole? And those columns are harder to write than how do you get a fist in your butt? <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so much. <laughs> okay. And I would like to tell the listeners that have listened to this all the way through to go on ahead and you can still follow us at Doing Great Pod on the Instagram. And if you go on to the iTunes and you want to like leave us five stars, please leave us five stars. If you did not like today's interview and conversation, please leave us five stars because you didn't like that much. Also, (laughs) share it with your friends. Tell them to subscribe. Download some shit because, you know, we are all trying to survive in this global pandemic. Um, you can follow me on at the Vicky Vox because I like to talk shit everywhere I go. Also, Clementine, did you send me a thing? Okay, let me look at it really quick. Well, I like to read some of the comments on the the podcast. Here we go from Liz C. <laughs> so fun, fell in love at first listen. Yes. I heard about this show through Scam Goddess as Lacey Mosley had Vicky on recently. Yes, it was very wild. So happy to have a new, fun, and hilarious show to listen to and delve into the archives of as well. Also, def check out Scam Goddess if you like this. She is amazing, as is Vicky Vox. I agree. Lacey is a lunatic, and I cannot wait to talk to her again. All right, everybody. Please take care of yourselves and, you know, say hi. How you doing? I hope you're doing great. I'm Vicky Vox. Goodbye. Fun. Thank you for doing this. Isn't it wild? My pleasure. It was really fun and scary. (laughs) 